0: Welcome to another episode of the Illusions and Truth show with Robert Scheinfeld.
1: Welcome to another opportunity to exchange limiting and restricting lies, illusions and stories for a direct and consistent experience of truth. This is Robert, and I'm coming on before we get into the actual audio that you downloaded, just to give you a few quick introductory remarks. First, I'd like to welcome you. You're about to have an exciting and extraordinary adventure as you go through the material that's on this audio. Secondly, I'd like to tell you that this audio was taken from a live presentation that I did, where I was using um, a lot of visuals and keynote slides, and there were a lot of videos and and slides and other visual images and photographs and things that the people in the audience were seeing that obviously you won't get to see. And there will be times when I will be referring to those. And so there may be times where you may feel like you're struggling a little bit. You don't quite get what's going on because you're not seeing what the audience is seeing. But I've reviewed the whole audio, and it's very clear to me that even though that may happen from time to time, you may have some question marks or wish that you could see what the live audience was seeing, you'll still get all of the major points in a crystal clear way. And if getting the visuals and so many other multimedia resources and tools that can be used to communicate this and support you on this journey... If this is something that interests you, at the end of this audio, I'll tell you how you can get access to such things if it's something, again, that would be of interest to you. So I'd like to welcome you once again, and with just a slight pause, a slight silence that you'll hear, and then you'll be taken to the live event that this experience was taken from. I came here from Charlottesville, Virginia, and I planned to wear one of my favorite peach colored shirts that I brought with me. And then I was wearing this this morning just to lounge around, and I figured in order to honor a mentor of mine, I would wear this shirt up here after being invited by some of the members of the support team in the back. So Yoda is sharing the stage with us. I do not speak very much. I look at myself as something of an explorer. And every now and then I pop up and do what I call a debrief, And then I dive back down and I explore some more. When I do share or play what I call the teaching game, I generally paint on a very large canvas, two days, three days, four days, five days, or a book is a reasonably large canvas as well. So when Sprite asked me to come here and speak, I thought to myself, what am I going to do in 90 minutes? Because I would like to give you so much value, and there's so much that I would love to say, but there's only so much you can paint on a 90-minute canvas. So I thought to myself, what am I going to do? And I decided that the way I could give you the most value would be if I planted a whole bunch of seeds and hopefully create some cracks in the foundations of some things that you thought were true. But as this little video is going to show you, i got to go really fast. And so there may be times where you're going to say, whoa, 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 I want more on that. And I can't give it to you today because I'm just planting seeds. But we will fertilize them. We will let them grow. And for those of you that are interested in pursuing what I'm going to be sharing with you here, there will be many opportunities for that. But my intent today is simply to plant seeds. And we'll water them a little bit and shake you up. So I just wanted to say that out of the blocks. In many circles, I am referred to as the wild man of self-help, and that is because a lot of what I share tends to create the illusion of massive collisions with what is typically taught in the personal growth, self-help, success literature, whatever you want to call it. There are, in fact, some genuine collisions and some choices that people need to make depending on the way they want to live their life, but a lot of the collisions are illusory, They just appear to be collisions, where it's simply a choice of how do you want to live your life. So we're going to be talking about that. I have a lot of fun dynamiting boxes and dynamiting belief systems that are not supportive ultimately. And so that's where we're going to be going today. Now, some of you may feel like this has happened with some of your belief systems when we're done with our 90 minutes together. And some of you may be going along and saying, yeah, I resonate with that. I get that. That aligns with stuff I've always believed in, that oh my God. So if you feel like this, know this. You've got to be seriously shaken up if you want to bust loose from the money game and start playing it in a radically different way. And I have assigned myself this job globally. <laughs>
0: All
1: right. Despite that, Despite whatever kind of noise you may create flowing through your conscious awareness as we're playing here for the next 90 minutes, if you are like most people that I interact with, this is what's going to happen. A voice from deep inside of you is going to be whispering to you, that's true, with a capital T. And somehow I've always known it. My experience is people who choose to get on this train... Don't have a perception of, wow, Scheinfeld told me something I've never thought of before. It's always somehow I recognize that. Somehow I've known that. And there's a resonance with it. If you're ready to play this game, you'll have that kind of an experience. And they may still be yeah, but noise, but that'll be a a very dominant kind of an experience for you. This is my grandfather. And when I was 12 years old, the extended family was in a little town in Switzerland called Cron celebrating his 70th birthday. And that whole year, I had been bugging him because I grew up in this family with this gigantic success story. But there is this mystery rumbling through the family. There was something weird. There was something odd. There was something very different behind this gigantic success story. And, when I'm, and this guy was an extraordinary man. If he was alive today, he would be one of the wealthiest men on the planet from the creation of this company. He was also, to this day, with the exception of where I have moved, doing what I'm going to share with you, the happiest person that I had ever experienced. And I would still say that with all the people that I've met. I'm 51 years old. All the people that I've met, I would still say he was the happiest. He lived a lifestyle that most people, even extremely wealthy people, including CEOs of gigantic corporations, would drool over. Just to give you an idea, manpower was in Milwaukee. He lived in Chicago, Chicago. He wasn't even at the corporate office. He lived the way he wanted to live and ran this empire and had unlimited resources and had this incredible life. And so I looked at this guy as a God and I was bugging him because I was the kind of in your face little kid. You know, well, what is this secret? What is this thing? No one's telling us about about this success and the, the motivation of it and stuff. And he kept putting me off and put me off, and putting me off. And then he came up to me this morning on this trip And he said, I'm finally going to answer some of your questions. And we went into town and had a cup of hot chocolate. And he started talking to me about there's the invisible world and there's the visible world. And the real source of all the power and everything I've been able to create and anybody creates is really in the invisible world. And when you can map that out and learn how to tap those power sources, what you can do is extraordinary. But he said, now, as you grow up, you're going to hear a lot of stuff that sounds like that. Unconscious mind, subconscious mind, all these things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something very different. And he started me on this. Now, I was a 12-year-old kid. I didn't get a lot of this kind of stuff, but it zinged in because of the esteem with which I held him. And so about eight months later, he passed away. I'd only had three conversations with him after that. So it amounted to a gigantic tease and started me on what I now humorously refer to as the treasure hunt of the century. Because where I ended up with that start is more extraordinary than anything I ever thought I'd experience in my entire life. So it started that way. And what happened, and Elizabeth mentioned a bunch of this, is I kept running this up, down, up, down, up, down thing in my life with money and career. With personal relationships, there was no up. (laughs) With a lot of other things, there was no up. But with money and career, it was up, down, up, down, up, down. And every time I ran a cycle, the numbers got bigger. So it was thousands, and then it was tens of thousands, and then it was hundreds of thousands, and then it was millions, and then it was multiple millions with a wife and kids. And I have a very high threshold for pain. <laughs> but when it looked like I was going to crash and burn again with multiple millions and a family and wife who loved the lifestyle that we had created together, I wasn't willing to do that. And so I had been on this journey since I was 12. And when I was 46... Five years ago, it looked like I was going to go through another down cycle, and I got very angry with the higher aspect of my consciousness that I now refer to as expanded self. There's lots of layers for the God infinite aspect of us. And by the way, getting mad at this aspect of yourself is not a magic formula that is guaranteed to work, (laughs) because I did that a lot of times in my life and nothing happened. But this particular time, I said, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. I've been on this path for decades and I thought I figured this stuff out and I thought I had the magic formula and I have paid my dues. I've suffered. I've gone through all of this and I will not do this anymore. So obviously I'm missing something and you either give it to me now or you get me the hell out of here because I'm not going to do this anymore. And about eight months later, a door opened that took me to What I'm going to be sharing with you here and this incredible journey that I've been on for five years that has taken me into a place that I never imagined possible for myself. But it came out of hitting a massive wall and running these kinds of patterns for decades until finally, as part of my journey that we'll be talking about, it was time for me to finally discover the truth with capital T's and be able to work with it and fulfill this promise that I was teased with when I was 12. So by way of brief introduction, that's how I got here and why I'm sharing this, because my journey, I think, is similar to most of yours, which is there's something you're judging in your life. There's something that you want to change, fix or improve. And you don't just sit around and bitch and moan and complain about it. You take action. You go to seminars, you read books, you follow the stuff, you do what they tell you to do, except what happens. It doesn't work or it doesn't last or you fix one thing and then another thing breaks. And I'm going to talk more about this. And I was the kind of guy that if somebody said, do the 10 steps of these techniques, and on one step, stand on one foot and turn a little bit to your right and bend back and do this, no matter what it was, I followed it all anally to the letter. <laughs> and I noticed that the biggies for me, again, weren't changing. And I was, and I'd been teased by my grandfathers who was like, Why? Why do the techniques work for some people and not other people? Why do they work sometimes but not other times for the same people? What's really going on? Because there's obviously something going on behind the scenes that we're not being told about. And I want to know what it is, and I want to be able to tap that. And I had a sense from my grandfather that there was this something, except it didn't seem to be out there. And he died inconveniently. So onward. I want to start out, normally when you talk about money or business or success, you get a whole lot of formulas and strategies about how to make more, how to manage it better, how to invest it, all these kinds of things. First we're going to go way out there and then we're going to come back and take it into practical. But I'm not going to go anywhere that you probably think I'm going to go as it relates to money and business. So we're going to go way out and then come back and get practical. So we're going to start out with a philosophy the philosophical component of the busting loose work. For as long as there have been human beings, human beings have been haunted by three questions. And you can see this going back thousands of years in the literature. The three questions are, who am I? Why am I here? And what's my purpose? Interestingly enough, and let me just take one more opportunity to use my cool tool. The answers to these questions hold the key to abundance, to radically transforming money and business, not the typical stuff that we're talked about. The typical stuff that's talked about flows out of a space that the answers to these come out of, which we're going to be working with here today. Now, my belief is we cannot be absolutely certain about the answers to those questions. My belief is from our current level of consciousness, no matter how expanded it gets, except for brief blip experiences that some people have, That mystery is too big, and it's too complex, and there's no way that we can be certain of the answers. So the best thing that we can do is create models to work with that get close enough to the truth of them with capital T's that we can have some practical value in our lives. But we can't really know the truth from this level of consciousness. So what I'm going to share with you is a model. If you want to break it, you can break it. If you want to argue with it, you can argue with it. It's just a model. Designed to get us close enough to the truth with capital T's to give us practical value in our lives. And it does a really beautiful job of that. I've seen that in my own life and in sharing it with thousands of people now around the world. But it's just a model. okay? so let's be clear on that. So I'm going to offer my model for your consideration. So let's start with who am I? Raise your hand if somewhere on your journey you have seen or experienced words something like this. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience. Raise your hands. Look around the room. Almost everybody. How many of you can live your life as if that's true, even though you have the intellectual idea well in your awareness? Raise your hand. Look around the room. You'll see why. This was a brilliant creation designed to support us in doing something wild. So I agree with this, but I'm going to take it into a very different place in a minute. But this is the truth. We are spiritual beings, or whatever word you want to use, um, having a physical experience. Who you really are, and again this will be familiar to a lot of you is an infinitely powerful being, an infinitely wise being, an infinitely abundant being of everything that you could possibly imagine, including money and stuff. Already yours. A being who feels nothing but true joy. Now, by the way, true joy is my label for if you took a container and you put everything that we call positive emotions into it, the label of the container would be true joy. Happiness, love, peace, serenity, whatever your big ones for positive emotions are, you put all of them in one container, I call that true joy. So who you really are, that's all it feels. Cannot experience anything else. In our natural states, we are constantly in that state. Who you really are is a being with an unlimited desire and ability to play and to express yourself creatively. You're so much more than who you think you are, which I'm sure you have discovered again somewhere on your journey. But what I'm going to show you is how to actually live that instead of just know it as an idea that seems cool and sexy. So let's take a look at why you're here. You came here to play a game. I call it the human game. Now, a lot of people will come up to me and they will say, Robert, that's not very deep or significant. It's got to be more. It's got to be more serious. No. You came here to play a game. All of us did. And I'm going to tell you about the game, and some aspects of it are really going to tweak with your head. But as far as I'm concerned, it's the truth with the capital T. Now, an interesting thing about games before we continue, the same basic game can be played in very different ways. Let me give you a couple of examples. Football. From childhood up through adulthood, you can play touch football, you can play flag football, or you can play full contact football with pads. Same basic game, but played in very different ways for different reasons and to satisfy different needs and desires. Tennis, you can play singles or doubles. Same basic game, but it's played in a very different way if you play singles or doubles. Basketball, you can play half court or full court, one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three, four-on-four, five-on-five. You could play six-on-six, except they'd bust you. Same basic game, played in a very different way. I'm going to invite you to consider playing the money and business games very differently. They're all just games. One is not better than the other. Although some of the things I'm going to talk about, you're going to say, well, wait a minute. This is what I'm used to, and this is what he's talking about. This certainly seems better. No, it's just different games. And I've started to play a very different game that I think is incredible. And I'm going to invite you to consider playing that game. It does not have any judgment on any of the other games or any of the other ways of playing the money or the business games. It's just a different game. But you're going to tend to want to judge it, the old game or the new game. But it's just different games, and you simply have an option. Golf and tennis. Golf's not better than tennis. Some people prefer one to the other. They're just different games, played in a different way with different coaches, different rules and regulations, different kind of court or field. Okay, let's take a look at what your purpose is in my model. Your purpose is to play the human game. Explore what would happen if scenarios to whatever degree of complexity you're interested in. Express yourself creatively, including in ways you can't even imagine right now. Challenge yourself. Have fun. And do all of it in the unique and precise ways you choose. Because as infinite beings, we come here to play this human game in our own ways. And even if it seems like we're playing the same games in the same ways, we're not. Everything is custom designed by us, for us, to let us play the game exactly the way we want to. But this is your only purpose. You can create all kinds of stories and play all kinds of subset games within that. But this is the overriding purpose in my model as I see it. All games are based on a concept, rules, regulations, a specific structure, and they're played on specific fields, boards, courses, whatever you want to call it. I love technology. (laughs) The concept behind the human game is exploring what's possible when you limit unlimited power. I'll go more into that. So you start out as an infinitely wise being, an infinitely abundant being, an infinitely powerful being, in a constant state of true joy. So to explore limitation, which is a key part of what I'll soon refer to as phase one of the human game, you've got to forget who you really are. And by the way, even if you're reminded and you intellectually get it and resonate with it, guess what? It won't take you anywhere. So you've got to keep knowledge and direct experience of it, which we'll talk about, long gone, in order to play that game. Forget how abundant you really are. Hide all your power and wisdom, or most of it if you feel like being very anally correct and literal. Hide your natural state of abundance. And by the way, if it's of, of abundance, then there's more. <laughs> Convince yourself you're the opposite of who you really are which we're going to have some fun with in a minute. This is the nature of the game in phase one of the human game. The forgetting process, to pull it off, you've got to create an alternative reality. You've got to create an illusory playing field on which to play the game, which is, guess what? What we would call the physical universe, visible and invisible components thereof. That's the playing field for the game. You've got to create another aspect of yourself as the infinite being who's going to be the player on that field which is guess who? Who you thought yourself to be your whole life. An aspect of the infinite being that you really are, who was created to be the player on the field to play this game. You've then got to invest more power and effort than you can possibly imagine, convincing yourself that the illusion is real, and you're the opposite of who you really are within it. Now here's a really, again, I call these cosmic jokes. The human game begins for everybody as a... Helpless and powerless infant. Now, I am a father of two. I love children and I love babies, but i got to be blunt with you for a minute. You can't possibly be any more opposite who you really are than you are when you are born. You're powerless, weak, stupid, and at poor and at the mercy of forces beyond your control to an incredible degree. And it is no accident that that's the way the game starts. (laughs) It's telegraphing in hidden form. What the whole game is about in the way that it starts. So put that in your pipe and smoke it for a little while. (laughs) All right. Now, to keep yourself away from the truth of who you really are and your wisdom, your power and your abundance, this is the kind of thing that we got to do in all kinds of ways. And I don't have a lot of time to talk about this, but if you resonate with what I'm saying, you're going to see this all over the place. You'll see it in the media You'll see it in remembered things from your childhood. You'll see it in interactions with your boss or spouse or significant other or whatever it is right now in your life. You've got to build one hell of a security system to keep you away from the truth of who you really are. Because if you discovered it and if you experienced it again, guess what? Game over. And you don't want the game to be over. So you got to hide it really, really well. But the opportunity that you have now is to disable that, comp- that security system fully, completely, and permanently, which I discovered a way to do, and have done myself, and have supported other people throughout the world in doing. Now, I like using metaphors, and one of the metaphors that I love to use is compare who we really are as an infinite being to the sun. And then in order to come here and play the game and convince ourselves the illusion's real and we're the opposite of who we really are, it's the equivalent of creating a very solid, dense cloud cover to block out the truth of who we really are and a direct experience of it while we're here playing. So I want to show you a little video here, an animation of this that I created to hammer it home and to give us the opportunity to talk about it in some interesting ways. Don't you wish you could kind of like just go boom like that sometime? <laughs> so here we go. The sun. We think instantly of huge amounts of power and light and heat. And so it's a great metaphor for the power and presence of who you really are. Now, from that infiniteness, as we discussed, we created the illusion of this physical universe as a playing field on which we could play the human game. And then, in order to make phase one of the human game work, we had to create a solid, dense cloud cover which is the whole process of convincing ourselves that the illusion is real and that we are the opposite of who we really are within it. So we create this solid, dense cloud cover. And I want you to think solid and dense, you know, like concrete or like steel or something. Very solid, very dense, very difficult to get through. And when we do that, everything in the illusion, everything on the other side of the cloud cover, metaphorically, becomes dark and cold compared to the sun, the infiniteness of who we really are. We're going to play with that. The human game has two phases. Just like football has two halves, basketball has multiple quarters, golf has 18 holes or 9 holes or whatever it is, the human game was designed with two phases. The first phase, forgetting who you really are, even if you have intellectual awareness of who you are, it's gone from your direct experience. Convincing yourself the illusion's real, you're the opposite of who you really are within it, and playing limitation and oppositeness games. Guess where most of you have been your entire life? Same thing for me. Until five years ago when a gateway opened that I can open for you, and we're starting the process of it here. To be technically accurate, I can't actually say what I'm about to say, but for our purposes here, I'm going to say this. This is where most of the planet is convinced they're the opposite of who they really are, and an illusion that's real. And what's about, what about the illusion? It's a dangerous place. Just like with babies being a little heavy-handed, and by the way, there are places that all of us feel powerful and strong and dominant and whatever word you want to use. But basically, deep down, all of us, to one degree or another, in one or more aspects of our lives, feel weak, powerless, stupid, poor, and at the mercy of forces beyond our control. Now, historically, how do we look at that? Something wrong with me then. Judge ourselves, beat ourselves up. What it's actually evidence of is what an amazing job we did of pulling off the phase one miracle as an infinite being playing this game. It's an evidence of skill. (laughs) Not fucked upness. And if you play this game and knock out the cloud cover to enough of a degree, which we'll talk about, you will have a direct experience of that. It will not be an intellectual concept. That's what this whole journey is about, direct experiences of the truth with capital T's, not intellectual knowing of some proximate some proximity of it. So this is phase one of the human game. What nobody tells us, or if they do tell us it's disguised or we can't ever get there, no matter what formula or path or whatever we're given, is that there's a phase two of the game. And in phase two, you remember who you really are, but in a more deeper degree than understanding it intellectually, which happens so much in phase one re-experiencing the truth of it, and expanding into being able to play without limitations or restrictions of any kind. That's where the phase two game takes you. You stay here in what I will soon affectionately refer to as the Earth Amusement Park, and you can play on any ride you want, attend any attraction you want, make new rides, new attractions that you've never experienced before, no one's ever even thought of before, and you can stay here while experiencing more and more of the truth of how powerful and wise and abundant and joyful you really are with ever-expanding abilities to do that. No ceiling. Infinite beings don't live at level 150, and that's it. Who we really are is constantly expanding in our experiences of everything. And the same thing happens when you play this game here. More on phase two later. Unless you'd rather talk about (laughs) sex, drugs, and rock and roll. The phase one, phase two dynamic is the missing puzzle piece that answers so many questions. And it makes so many amazing new experiences possible, which I'd love to spend hours with you on, but we don't have time. But if you're like me, you got pet peeves. You look at something going on in the world and you say, I just don't understand how that can happen. How could somebody be that cruel to another human being? How could somebody be so this? How could somebody be that? How could that be there? And the biggie most people jump on is Hitler and the Nazis in World War II. But everybody's got their pet peeves. about. I just don't get it. When you really get this, you get that. And whatever your pet peeves are, which I'm just going to plant that seed for now. If you're the opposite of who you really are, and this is one of those things that you may instantly resonate with, and I, I may start creating crashes into the wall with your belief systems. The point of the phase one of the human game is for you to experience limitation and restriction and oppositeness of who you really are. That's the point of it. And guess what? Infinite beings don't set goals and fail to achieve them. (laughs) So if that's the goal, that's what we're going to create. And if you look around the world, you can see, again, we've done a beautiful job of doing that. But if that's the case, then guess what? Things cannot work perfectly. There's got to be problems. If you didn't want problems and you wanted everything smooth and easy, guess what? You would have stayed in infinite land. You came here to have a different experience and a radically different one in phase one. So there's going to be problems. Things are not going to work the way some part of you would prefer that they do. Has to happen. You've got to be uncomfortable a lot of the time or non-joyful. Whatever word you'd like to use to describe that experience. It's got to happen a lot. Because who you really are is joyful all the time, so if the goal is to convince yourself you're opposite, you gotta feel non-joyful most of the time. Gotta happen! And even when you feel what you'd call happy or joyful, guess what? It's a pale imitation of the intensity of which you can, you really experience as your natural state. Even when you give yourself a little goodie that you call happy. Or joyful or serene or whatever word might float your boat. True joy, peace, satisfaction and fulfillment cannot be felt at all or consistently. Blocks and resistance to success, however you define that, have got to be con- have got to be common in a scenario like that. Teasing myths and fluff, especially in the self-help world, have got to be common. If the goal is to convince yourself you're the opposite of who you really are and you really want to reinforce that and hammer that in, guess what? Someone has got to come by and say, "Hey, you can make this sucker work. You can get all your ducks in a row. Just use this technique and you'll be able to get everything cranking. And then guess what happens? It doesn't happen. It doesn't last. And then what do we do? Beat ourselves up. Got to be something wrong with me. The guru, The guru got this great stuff with it. And there's all these testimonials of other people that did. And I did the same stuff. I followed the instructions, but I didn't get the results. So ultimately, you turn it on yourself, which reinforces the phase one dynamics, and it does the job of what it was intended to do. It's brilliant. And the real brilliance of it is, it's all couched in, but this will help you. (laughs) And you can transform your life. So we flock there because we're unhappy with our life, but, but going there, and the more we go there, the more locked in we get to the phase one dynamics by design. Not because there's anything wrong with us or we didn't do it right. By design. Can't have any other outcome in phase one. Which leads me to my next point after this. To one degree or another, and some of us create this quieter than others. Some of it creates screaming. There's something missing here. There's something wrong here. This doesn't make sense. This doesn't compute. has got to be resonating very deeply within you on some level, whether you're consciously aware of it or not. And when you're getting ready to move into phase two, in general, that starts to get louder. That was my experience. It tends to be a trend. It isn't required, but it tends to be common. Few experts, especially in the self-help world, and by the way, I love the self-help world. I spent most of my adult life in it. It's brilliant. I have nothing but appreciation and respect and awe about it. But I'm about telling the truth about it. There's no judgment in it, but I'm telling the truth about it. Okay. Now, here's something, if you allow yourself to really get the significance of it, will really rock your world and start big cracks forming in the foundations of things you may believe to be true. This is who you really are, infinite everything, everything you could possibly want to experience in your life and more. You create this cloud cover in phase one to block it all out, and you're living metaphorically in this black and white, cold, dark world with the truth of who you really are by design pretty much blocked from your direct experience. So let me ask you a question. If you're here, which is where all of us are in phase one, and you make a million bucks, has anything happened to this? No. If you find the love of your life, and let's say it really is the love of your life, and you get into an awesome relationship here, has it all of a sudden turned bright and colorful as it relates to this? No, this is still here. If you are fortunate enough, and I'm just going to use that word loosely, to create changes in here or what you might label as improvements in here, nothing has happened here. So you are still in phase one of the human game. You're still ultimately convinced that you're the opposite of who you really are and that the illusion is real, regardless of what changes appear to get created here. True transformation Stepping into a direct experience of the truth of who you really are and the infiniteness of who you really are only comes if you knock this out. And I will just tell you to plant another seed. You do not law of attraction this out. You don't visualize this out. You don't affirm this out. You don't goal set this out. You have to use very precise phase two drilling tools. To knock this out, and then it starts to come out, which we'll talk about more. All that other stuff keeps you in here, and as we talked about, ultimately takes you deeper. Because it never works the way it's described. It never works reliably, it never works consistently. But in order to make phase one of the human game work, we've got to selectively delete out all these things. We've got to selectively delete out, wow, I used that technique a hundred times and it only worked twice. We focus on the two times that it worked and how amazing it was, and we forget all the times that it did. We have to. And by the way, I was teaching self-help stuff in phase one. I had my own body of work. The first form of it was the invisible path to success. The second part of it was the 11th element. I really thought I'd nailed this formula that my grandfather had taught me. I really thought that I was drilling this out. I wasn't, but I was doing the same thing. I had to delete out certain things in my conscious awareness to be able to keep playing that game. You have to. It's part of the phase one dynamic, but this is the truth. None of the stuff that purports to knock this out, knocks it out. And if it appears to get better here, it's not really. It's swapping one illusion for another, one lie for another. And you may think, well, my life is now better, except it's not. When I first got my start in the self-help world, I was working with Tony Robbins. I, I owned a franchise of his in Denver And I worked at a bunch of his live events, and he used to say, and I didn't get the significance of this at the time, but he used to say, all right, well, money isn't everything, but at least it lets you arrive at your problems in style. (laughs) That's kind of what happens when your life appears to improve when you're still here. But again, that's the design of the game. It's not because you ain't a good player. That's the design of the game. You stay in phase one for as long as you want to stay in phase one, and then there's the opportunity to go into phase two, but, which I think leads to the next slide, although I may be jumping the gun. No, here it is. As long as you're in phase one, you will never get all your ducks in a row. It's never going to happen, which is also, guess what? Why it never does. We look at these people and we selectively delete out the truth if we see it or we aren't allowed to see it because we look around and we say, well... So-and-so's got to have an awful damn good life. Look at this. They got this and this and this and this and this, but you pull back the curtain, not the case. There's always a duck that's missing or limping or broken leg or whatever it is. Or maybe momentarily you create the illusion of all the major areas of life appearing to be in a row, but then it doesn't last. If you're lucky enough to create and experience that illusion, and it's still a pale imitation of the infiniteness that's really possible for you to experience when you're here. A lot of people look at this as bad news. I look at it as evidence of a brilliant creation, and there's an opportunity to change this now. But only if you go into phase two. It isn't ever going to happen in phase one because that's not the point of the game. You can't ever win a football game in the second quarter. Not the design of the game. You can't win a tennis championship in the first set. You can't win a golf championship on the third hole. You gotta go to the end. You gotta go when you have an opportunity in the design of the game to win it. It's the same thing with the human game. And by the way, if some of you are wondering, alright, when's he gonna get to money and business? I will. This is a metaphor that I'm fond of using to describe what most of our lives are like in phase one dog races. How's the game set up? Dogs chase the rabbit. Do they ever catch it? Why? Not the design of the game. It doesn't matter how fast they are. It doesn't matter how hard they run. It doesn't matter how strong they are. It doesn't matter how hard they train. They ain't never going to catch the rabbit because it's always ahead of them by design of the game. Now, there's always somebody that will think, Well, Robert, what if the rabbit broke? (laughs) Surely a dog could catch a rabbit sometime. You get the point. Not the design of the game. Not the design of the game in phase one. Never going to happen. The solution is you get off the field, you stop chasing the rabbits, you go play somewhere else, and then interestingly enough, you'll then catch the rabbits that you were chasing that you still want. But a lot of them you may not still want when you expand to that kind of a point. That was another seed, by the way. Here's a clip that just illustrates a point that we've been talking about from The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Here, the
2: all humanity shares your predicament. If you don't get what you want, you suffer. And even when you get exactly what you want, you still suffer. Because you can't hold on to it forever thought I couldn't do it. It doesn't matter. There's none that'll be there, 100%. You don't need him or any letter to get up on those rings and do what you love. Yes, I do! All right, I'm talking about getting up there and winning the gold right now. Say so yes, I do. The gold is a craving. If only I had it, I'd be happy. Can't you hear it in It's a dream sir. All right, I can't think dreams are bad. You don't surrender your dreams, Dan. You surrender the one thing you never have and you never will. Control. Accept that you don't control what will happen to you. That you may or you may not compete in the Olympics. That you may or you may not have.
0: And that you are something exceptional either way. Hmm.
1: Raise your hand honestly if this question crossed your mind in my discussions of phase one. Come on, be honest, raise your hand. Sounds like a pretty fucked up game. Why would an infinite (laughs) being want to play a game like that? All right, so let's deal with that. There's two ways to deal with it. And ultimately, if you choose to play this game, you'll answer it to yourself in ways that... You can't possibly deny, but that aside. First, why do we watch, play, or pursue any game, sport, hobby, interest, or pastime as a spectator or participant? Why? Fun. Fun? What else? Entertainment. Entertainment? Yes. What else? Challenging. Drama? Drama, Companionship? I'm going to ignore the winner piece for the moment. It's It's interesting. What's that? Unknown. Yes. Okay. Learning something is not part of why we came here to do what we're doing. The earth is not a school. It's an amusement park, which we'll talk about. We got the key ones. So that's the first part of the answer to the question. Why would an infinite being play this game? Same reason. Infinite beings love to play. They just got to play in a different way or it wouldn't be interesting. But they love to play and be entertained and be challenged in everything that we do. Again, the stakes have to be higher because they're infinite. But we have the same desire in our natural state to play that way. Now the second way I want to answer the question, I'm going to let Robin Williams answer it for us. Now, by the way, he swears a lot in this. (laughs) Fucking get over it if it bothers you. And get the big picture point that he's trying to illustrate for us in brilliant form. You ready?
0: Okay.
2: You can invent a sport like golf. is my idea for a fucking sport. And not a ball in a gopher hole. Oh, you made like pool. Fuck off pool. Not with a straight stick with a little fucked up stick. I left <laughs> a ball in a gopher hole. Oh, you mean like croquet? Fuck true I'm doing the hole. No! That's it, I put shit in the way! Like, please, and put nothing high for that! We can lose your fucking ball! I'm gonna whack him away with a fucking tire iron! Whack him away next time so you miss you feel like you're gonna have a stroke! Oh, that's what we call it! A stroke, and every time you miss you feel like you're gonna fucking die!
1: It's not the details of the game. It's what? All the stuff we talked about. If an alien from another planet that knew nothing about our world came here and looked at chess, baseball, basketball, all these things literally for the specifics of the game, they would think this is nuts. It's not about the specifics. It's about the challenge, the fun, the entertainment. The exploration, the expressing yourself creatively, all the things that people mentioned when I asked, why do you play games? What greater challenge could there be for an infinite being than to convince itself it's the opposite of who it really is? What bigger challenge could there be? And if an infinite being is going to play a game, it's got to be one hell of a game. Or it isn't going to keep the interest of a being like that, like who we really are. So if I were to make up a story, I would say a bunch of infinite beings were playing around in infinite land, and just like who knows where the game of baseball or golf or any of these things really were originated or why, some of you may know the story, doesn't matter. But a bunch of infinite beings were playing around infinite land and said, hey, might be cool if we played around with playing a limitation game. And they started playing around with it, and then it got more and more sophisticated, which we're going to talk about, until it ended up with the amusement park we have now, which has billions of rides and different opportunities and ways to reinforce the phase one dynamics, of the illusion being real and you being the opposite of who you really are, and in phase two to give you amazing opportunities to play for the sheer pleasure of playing and having fun. Just mention this. The human game was created to be very complex and sophisticated to keep us interested and challenged. Had to be. Raise your hand if you saw a movie called The Matrix. Do you remember the scene where they're going through this building and Neo notices this weird thing with the cat? And the other people say, ah, glitch in the matrix, which, you know, was a break in the illusion and they knew there was something going wrong. We can't have any breaks in the illusion. This thing has got to be so complex, so many layers, to convince us we're the opposite of who we really are and the illusion isn't real and no cracks in that for as long as you want to stay in phase one. Tremendous amounts of power and brilliance, more than you can possibly imagine, were applied to create your life exactly as it is, exactly as it has been. Even if you'd say, which most of us, if not all of us, would, I don't like it. (laughs) I want to change, fix, and improve, da-da-da-da aspect of it. And my childhood, forget that. Glad it's over. (laughs) And by the way, when I first showed this slide, I had the volume wrong, you know? So when that light came on, it went like, boom, and I was like, I almost jumped off the stage. (laughs) But I've fixed that since, so (laughs) consider yourselves lucky. So let's take a close look at phase one and go a little deeper in what we've said. I use two metaphors here, one of them I've talked about. The amusement park metaphor and a total immersion movie metaphor. An amusement park. You go there purely by choice. Now someone's going to think, well, wait a minute, Robert. I was forced to go on a field trip once, so that's not true. In general, you go by choice. You go with people that you know. You only experience the rides and attractions that appeal to you most. You arrive and leave as you prefer. At the Human Game Amusement Park, you come to have what I call total immersion movie experiences. That's the unique design of this amusement park. Okay, why do we like movies? We talked about this. They're fun and entertaining. They're interesting. You can grow and expand from them. You can broaden your perspective You have vicarious experiences of other kinds of things that you haven't experienced yet or at all in your life. But what is it that we really enjoy about movies or, again, sports, games, diversions, anything? What is it that we really enjoy? What's it really all about? It's all about feelings. That's it. Everything that happens is ultimately designed, in a movie, a sport, or whatever to cause us to feel certain ways, and that's what we're after. We forget about that, but that's the truth. Nothing else matters. The whole human experience is ultimately about feelings. So many of us of who I, am a cha- I was a champion in phase one think it's about intellect and thinking and that we are thinking beings. We are not, we are feeling beings. It's all about feelings. Raise your hand if you've had some form of sales training in your life. What do they tell you? People buy for what reasons? Emotional reasons and justify with. But we forget that most of the time. This is what it's all about. And in a movie, everything on the screen, everything and all the time, all the money, all the energy, all the investment, the actors and actresses, the special effects, everything. It's all designed to cause you to feel specific feelings. That's it. The details on the screen don't matter. Same thing with a football game or some other sport that you like. The details don't matter. It's all about the feelings that it stimulates within you, which is why you do it and what it's all about, and those that manipulate the things from behind the scenes, which movie makers do, it's all about feelings, and it's the same thing with the human experience. Feelings are why we interact with others, watch and play sports, shop, work, read novels, watch plays in short. To experience feelings is why we do everything. It's at the core of the human game. Infinite beings are feeling beings. That's the whole deal. Or the enchilada, if you're a Mexican food fan. It's the same with the human game, but here we get to go much deeper because of the infiniteness of who we really are in our natural state. Now, movies are great. Raise your hand if you love them. Yeah, but you still know you're you when you're watching one. You're aware of your seat, other people, the screen and the theater. You get an idea of what's going on inside the characters on the screen, but you're not them. And you can't actually feel what they feel, although you can approximate it. You can't actually have their experiences, although you can approximate them. But what if you could walk into the scene, forget who you really were, become one of those characters, live in the world that the character is living in as if it was real and play there for a while? What kind of an experience might that be if you were totally safe? For those of us that still have fear-based phase one, stuff running We built this total immersion movie set. We designed a role for ourselves. If some of you studied New Age or metaphysical stuff, you studied some version of this, but slightly disguised and sabotaged because it was not designed to let you get this in phase one. But this is what we did. And then we walked into the story, became a character, convinced ourselves we were the character, and the whole scene that the story is taking place in and all the stories that flow out of it are real. It's just a total immersion movie experience. It's just a story you told yourself in consciousness and convinced yourself was real. The whole human game is created by and played in consciousness. There is no physical universe. None of this is really here that we're going to be talking about. It's just stories that we immersed ourselves in just like this and convinced ourselves were real. You don't just watch your movie. Like I said, you totally immerse yourself in it convinced it's absolutely real. Another cosmic joke. William Shakespeare, quote, The whole world's a stage, and all the men and women are merely players. They have their exits and their entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts. Perhaps he was even wiser than we give him credit for. And there are lots of stories about how wise the person who really wrote these plays, which the speculation is wasn't Shakespeare, about who this guy was and what kind of an expanded level of consciousness he was playing the human game at at the time. Now, I'm talking about this being illusion. I'm talking about it being made up. I'm talking about it being stories, total immersion movie experiences. Raise your hand and be honest if you still find that hard to believe, that none of this could be real and it all is maybe just an illusion that appears real to let us play a game. Raise your hands. Okay, so let me take this a little bit deeper. Consider your dreams at night. If you don't remember your dreams, this isn't going to be a gift to you but you'll get it at a certain level. And if you do remember your dreams, this will be very hard for you to refute, although infinite beings are very creative. (laughs) Your head's on a pillow. You're gone. And yet what happens? You create stories where floors appear to be real, bodies appear to be real, there appear to be people that are separate from you. Cars appear to move. There appear to be buildings. Elevators appear to work. All this stuff that happens in these stories and dreams at night, where are they coming from? Someone sneak into your head and put them there? You're creating them out of your own consciousness, and you make things appear just as real, just as solid. You create just as many other people or you can in your dreams as we do in our day-to-day lives. And yes, sometimes dreams appear to be murkier than this. They appear to be weirder. or they don't appear to make sense, although I could argue that about this. <laughs> but every night, I, to me this is another cosmic joke, every night we go to sleep and we remind ourselves of what the truth is, that we're creating the whole thing in consciousness and none of it's real except we don't get it by design. And raise your hand if despite the fact that most of your dreams, if you remember them may appear to be murky or strange or not quite as real as this, if you've had a dream that did appear just as real as all of this, raise your hand, Right? look around the room. How could that be? Where is it coming from? In fact, there are um, societies, are there not? There are cultures, are there not? Who think that the nighttime dreams are the real one and this is the made-up one. Australia. Shamanic things and other kinds of cultures, ancient and current, that believe the opposite of what we do. So, put this in your pipe and smoke it too. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start up... A, a, Very aggressive mess with your head thing here now. If you still have doubts, ask yourself this Is it there before you get there? Is it there after you leave? Did it really happen if you weren't there? If you're honest about these, the answer is obvious. Is it really happening if you're not there? How do you know? I'll give you an example. Recently, I went to Australia. From Los Angeles, it's an 18-hour flight. I was in first class. In the alignment of first class, I was in the second row. The flight starts. The curtains go down. It's a dark little room. Oh, but there's a little TV that says, you are here. And it shows you moving across the globe. So obviously, it's true, right? For 18 hours, I saw maybe 10 people in a dark little room. Supposedly 18 hours passed, and then all of a sudden the curtains went up and there's Sydney. How do I actually know I went anywhere? (laughs) Except you bought into the lie. What would Hollywood do if it wanted to illustrate the same thing? They'd show one scene of the person giving their boarding pass to the person at the gate. And then they'd show, whoosh, the plane going through the sky. And then they'd show the person getting out at baggage claim or whatever, and we all think, well, they just went wherever they went. It's the same thing with us. <laughs> there's no proof of any of this. But we accept it by design because it's part of the phase one game. But if you really look at these questions, there's no proof of anything. How do you know there's really a war going on in Iraq? Just as an example, a few years back, there was that big tsunami in the Far East. How do you know it really happened? Where would you see it? On a TV screen, in a newspaper? How do you know it happened? It doesn't take Hollywood an awful lot to make an illusion appear real. It doesn't take an infinite being whose intent is to make something appear real and keep you asleep to the truth of it. It takes just as little effort, in a sense, to create these illusions and make them appear real. And this is what we are magical at in order to pull off the miracle that we call I call phase one of the human game. If you choose to take this journey and you use the tools and you knock out cloud cover and you start to expand, you will give yourself a direct experience of the truth of this and it will blow your mind. How many times you just mentally put the pieces together and assume something was real or happened this way or yes. And then you can say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, I got a buddy or I got a girlfriend or whatever that was in Iraq and they came back. Well, yeah, how many times have you seen a Hollywood movie where an actress said something and it wasn't true? There's no proof of any of this if you really look. But we buy into the lie and the illusion by design. And if it hasn't crossed your mind when you start to crack this and you start to experience the infiniteness, power, wisdom, abundance, joyfulness, that's who you really are and this stuff starts to crack, The possibilities of where you can go and the kinds of experiences you can have are more extraordinary than you can possibly imagine in every area of your life. More than the most optimistic self-help program ever promised. Albert Einstein said, reality is an illusion, albeit a persistent one. Here's a picture from a recent top-secret meeting that Albert and I had about Phase 2 in Vail, Colorado. (laughs) Nobody knew about it except the two of
0: us.
1: (laughs) All right, how is the illusion created and made to appear so real? You may wonder why I'm going here, but it gives us a way to get our hands around something that's very difficult to get your hands and your mind around. So that's why I'm going here. I'm not going to get real technical on you if it appears like I am. The best model that I found is the hologram. So let's take a look at that. If you wanted, I'm speaking very generally here, but this is accurate, even if we got very technical. If you wanted to create a holographic illusion, which means a 3D illusion of an apple that appeared to be real, here's what you would do. You start out with a power source, which in this case is a laser, and you fire it through a beam splitter that takes the laser's power and splits it into two different streams. One of them goes down and bounces off the object and collects all the information about it. It's red, it's this diameter, it's got a stem, it's got a little dent here from when somebody dropped it, all the details about it, bounces off, collects all of it, and then stores all the data on this pattern, like a film plate. And then the other beam goes down and just hits the plate at the same time that all the information was collected with. They both hit this plate and leave what's called a pattern on the plate that's got all the information about the apple, which is the illusion that you want to create. So power, collect the details, create a pattern. Then what you do is you take that same pattern, you fire power through it again, and because all the 3D details are stored in here, when power gets applied to it again, out pops the illusion of the 3D apple appearing to be absolutely real. Now, we have all seen examples of holograms that don't appear so real, haven't we? We saw the little Star Warsy things, you know, where it looks kind of 3D, but it doesn't. Or you may have seen those little hologram things on your credit card that kind of look kind of cool. But I'm talking about holograms that appear just as real as what all of this is, which is what it really is. So if you have an idea of a hologram, it's much more intense than that. So here's the equivalent in what we're talking about. Same thing. Who you really are as an infinite being, a synonym of which is consciousness in the literature, what I now call Expand Itself, which is my label for the infinite being that you really are, decides that it wants to create particular illusions for you to play with. It wants to write particular total immersion movie scripts and pop you in the middle of them. So all these details get written in this pattern, just like a screenplay is written for a movie or television show. Tremendous power from who you really are is applied to this pattern and out pops the illusion with you in the middle of it. And by the way, it's always a man with a briefcase. (laughs) So, this is the illusion. This is the dark, cold, black and white on the opposite side of the cloud cover in the other illustration that we showed. Now, there's a term in phase one that's very popular that's called cause and what? Effect. Effect. Where is that supposedly taking place? Here? Here or here in the, in the phase one stories? Here? In general, the cause and effect takes place in here, right? No. There's no cause and effect here. The cause is always here, driven by here. This is always the effect. Anything that happens here has as a true cause and source... Details in the pattern here, which is created by the real you. The player in the human game has no power. Now, a lot of people, again, look at this as bad news. It's not. It's the most incredible news in the world when you can expand out of the judgment and the shock and the oh my God aspect that comes out of realizing, just like in the Peaceful Warrior clip, that you don't really have any control over what's happening to you. But the truth is, if you really look, you can't come up with any other conclusion, unless you really delude yourself. This is the truth of how it works. Everything that you experience could not be there. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's an illusion that is all made to appear real by the real you, who writes stories here, adds power to them, and pops them out. Anything that happens here has here as its cause. And if it appears to be cause and effect here, it's because the story here said, let's make him look like he created da-da-da-da in the story. So it appears to unfold as if there's power here, but all the power is here and here. You with me on this? It's not bad news. It doesn't mean that we're some weird, powerless puppet. But you can go through a phase like that if you choose to. But this is the truth of how it works. Everything that we experience here was created from behind the scenes by the real you to give you the experiences and play the way you wanted to play. Same thing with a movie. If you walk into a movie theater... There's Nothing can be on the screen if somebody didn't put it there. If a creative process didn't put it there. Because it doesn't exist. It's an illusion. It's a story. But a creative process, and in the movie making, with a lot of people and a lot of money and special effects and the whole deal, has to be created to be there. It's the same thing with us. This can't be here without the real you creating the stories and popping you into a total immersion movie experience with whatever details you want to have happen there. And in phase one, what's the nature of what you experience here? Limitation, restriction, and you being the opposite of who you really are. That's the nature of the stories, most of the time. And when it appears to be powerful, you're still locked into the dark black, cold white, black and white that we talked about. What happens when you move into phase two and you knock out the cloud cover, this still stays the same. There's still no cause and effect here. There's still no power here. But what happens to the stories? They start being about expansion. They start being about playing for the sheer pleasure of playing with no limits or restrictions of other kind, including with money and business. This is always the case. You're always playing with illusions in the Earth Amusement Park when you're playing the human game. It's just the nature of the stories changes. Because it isn't about limiting you anymore. It isn't about the illusion being real anymore. It isn't about convincing you you're the opposite of who you really are anymore. It's about expanding back into a direct experience here, of the truth of who you really are and being able to play with extraordinary stories in here beyond what you can possibly imagine, and that's what changes. Now, this is the really interesting thing about this particular point in history, is that if you've studied history, the idea of all of this being an illusion is not new. It's been talked about for thousands of years, and there are labels for it like Maya and other kinds of things in ancient cultures. The difference about now is that there's a path out of the hold of the illusion on you. Because what happened historically is they didn't tell you it was an illusion or they told you it was an illusion and then it was, well, that's very nice, but what am I supposed to do about it? It seems awful damn real and it seems to have me by the throat and I don't seem to be able to control it. There's an opportunity now to. But illusions have been talked about. But the interesting thing about this point in history is that the woo-woo thing that's been talked about forever, the scientists are now talking about and documenting and they're verifying that it really is, in fact, an illusion created by... Consciousness. And in multi day events I have other videos that I can show you um, that that really hammer that point home. It's extraordinary what under the auspices of the illusion called quantum physics are coming up with to validate all of this to degrees to which I don't understand and never will. You're not just watching a hologram. You the real you is creating the entire environment. You are creating part of yourself, the real you within it. Who you think of as you is actually part of the hologram, part of the illusion, is just as made up as the rest of it, although the real you is not. The money game was a brilliant creation, and business is a subset or a partner game, whatever you want. We'll talk about both, but money is at the underlying core of all of it. It was created as a major cornerstone of phase one, specifically to limit you and reinforce the phase one dynamics. Now, let's go through this, and based on the seeds that I've planted, you'll already notice if you're resonating with this, and if you're not, you'll do with it what you do with it, the brilliance of it, the money game, the rules that we're taught. One variation, you may use different language, but basically this is what we're taught growing up, and it's interesting, because I got a six-year-old and a nine-year-old, and I'm watching the brainwashing of all of this happening with them. It's fascinating. Because there is a point my son, if you're a parent, maybe you've experienced this, would go into a toy store and pick something up and want to be able to leave with it. No concept you had to pay for it. No concept there was anything wrong with that, that it wasn't already his. We've got to be taught these things. Growing up is when the phase one miracle is created. That's what childhood's all about, to lock you into the phase one dynamic. But here are the rules. You can't just have anything you want. It costs you. You have to pay for it. You have to work for it and earn it. There's no free lunch. There's a limited supply available to you, even if you could make up a story that your limited supply is big, there's still a limited supply available to you. Every time you spend, your supply decreases. It's fragile and very vulnerable to instability from things going on in what appears to be outside of you. Your supply. You can lose it. And you can even go beyond zero into debt. Again, I've never forgotten this. Tony Robbins used to say, I used to think zero was the end. (laughs) I whistled way past that sucker. (laughs) Wonderful creation. And again, look at the fragility for a moment. Let's say that tomorrow you had some windfall and you got a million bucks in cash. What are you going to do with it that's safe? You can't put it in a bank and have safety because what happens to banks historically or could happen? Could fail. Well, I could put some of it or a bunch of it under my mattress. What are you at risk of there? Fires, theft, kids, neighbors. You put it in the stock market? Ain't safe there. You can't put it in real estate. You can't put it in commodities. There's no place you can put it that it's safe. In the phase one illusion. Because in phase one, nothing can be safe. Who you really are, everything's safe, and you have an infinite supply, and you wouldn't care about losing any of it anyway. So in phase one, nothing can be safe, and anywhere you put it's got to ultimately create problems or have the potential to or you worry about even if it doesn't actually happen. If you want more money in the popular teachings, you've got to do more or you've got to somehow offer more value so that people who are independent of you will give it to you, give you more. You've got to have a plan, save, invest wisely, and build wealth over time or else. You're going to have a terrible retirement, whatever the story is. You've got to pay as little tax as possible. Why? Because you've already got a limited supply that isn't enough, and if you've got to give it to that evil empire, now you got less. And what are they going to do with it? They're going to piss it away or do something stupid, and by the way, it's yours anyway. If you have a lot, you better protect it from a tax that will come embezzlement, divorce, stock market crashes, whatever the story is. you got to be prudent and responsible with it or else, which goes back to the fragility of it. You can't play the game well and be spiritual. That's a real empowering one.
0: <laughs>
1: and it really limits and restricts a lot of, for lack of a better term, wonderful, open-hearted people who are trying to serve. But they integrated that one. And a pattern runs that says, ain't gonna give myself that, cause then I won't be spiritual. And the stories run with a constant struggle there, even though they're doing good and such. I gotta go real fast now, cause I'm running out of time. You have expenses, you have income, this is the story. Your income must exceed your expenses, which we call profits, or you're in trouble, personally and business-wise. You gotta maximize profits to prosper. In business and personal life, and you've got to raise profits to raise your quality of life. If you want to have a better house, take your kids to better schools, have better stuff, take better trips, you've got to somehow raise the profits in your personal equation, or the same thing with your business, or you're in trouble. This is what we're taught. Seems perfectly reasonable, except it's not. Money comes from out there, and you've got to go out there, lasso it like it's some wild animal, and yank it into your life. That's what we're taught. (laughs) And bring it in here to you, except that's not the way it works. None of that is true. Not one bit of it. But it sounds perfectly reasonable, and we hammer ourselves over the head unmercifully, this is the way it is, this is the way it is, this is the way it is, until we believe it, just like every other aspect of the phase one lie. Do you see how beautifully and brilliantly all of this limits and devalues you and how alien it is to who you really are if for the moment you can accept that who you really are is this infinite, this infinite being with infinite creative power to create anything you want, any story, pop yourself into it, appearing to be real. But it's a beautiful boat anchor to lock you into the phase one dynamics. The truth about money. You can have anything you want for free. Why? You're creating the whole illusion. The real you. Nothing costs you. Why? Same answer. You don't have to pay for anything. It's already yours. You don't have to work for it. You can do any of these things if you choose in the story. You can appear to give somebody else money. You can appear to buy something. You can do whatever you want in the story, but there's no power in that. It's just a story. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work harder or smarter or offer more value to get more. You don't have to climb any ladder to make more. There is free lunch every day, (laughs) in the truth of it. Expenses don't exist. Income doesn't exist. Profits don't exist. They're all just holographic illusions. They're all just stories you convinced yourself were real and true, but they're not. Now, does that mean that tomorrow, because if you resonate with this, you get this, you can say, well, okay, I'll just start acting as if it's not real and it doesn't matter and I'll just whatever. No, because you've still got all this power in the illusion that it is real and that you'll have less, and the illusions keep acting like they're real as long as the cloud cover's in. You have to expand to the point and knock out the cloud cover to the point where you can live that way. You can't just do it from intellectual understanding. You have to expand to that point. Wherever your paycheck comes from doesn't exist.
0: <laughs>
1: the stock market, the economy, and all of the movements within them don't exist. Your checkbook and your other accounts don't exist. If you looked at quantum physics, and I show a video of this, if you dive into a credit card, what's at the, in there? Nothing. Nothing. Mostly empty space. If you dive into a check, what's in there? Nothing. If you dive into a stack of a million dollars in bills, where do you go? There's nothing there. It's all smoke and mirrors, even the scientists will tell you. The numbers in all your accounts don't exist. The stories about how the numbers got there aren't real. It's all just holographic illusions, which opens the door to tremendous opportunities to play for the sheer pleasure of playing in radically different ways. When you knock out the cloud cover that says this is the way it is and I'm limited and restricted and when I spend i got less and all that stuff. When you open up into the truth of who you really are, money becomes a total non-issue and irrelevant in your life. Not because you pile up a bunch in the illusion, but because you're tapped into the real source that never runs out. In a practical way, not some sexy sounding spiritual philosophy that nobody can live. This is something you can live. Abundance just is. It's who you really are. It's your natural state. Money is easily created by the real you with any storyline for how much and how it appears to move. Rich and poor, struggle and ease, are all just equal holographic creations for who you really are. Just like a movie about somebody getting rich and a movie about somebody losing it all from a creative Hollywood perspective, it's the same amount of effort, different story. It's not harder to create poverty than it is to create wealth. It's just a different story that gets energized, a different total immersion movie experience that someone gets popped into and experiences. What are we told in phase one? Where's the money? Here? Here? Where's it really come from? Here. Driven by here. Any story, any detail of how much, how it appears to move into your experience can be created here. Once you knock out the cloud cover... And the game changes for you, which is what happens in phase two. And by the way, that doesn't happen overnight. In general, it's a multi-year journey, although you can create anything you want. But in general, for reasons I don't have time to go into, but it relates to ultimate enjoyment, it's not designed to be instant. It's designed to unfold over time. But this is where the money really is. This is where the money's really created. And when the game changes about the supply being limited and fragile and all the other lies... What you experience here related to money and business and the equivalent of all those things in business changes radically. You can't win the money game because you started in the fullness of infinite abundance. The money game was created specifically to give you the opposite experience, limitation. You're never going to win it, no matter how much you pile up and no matter how safely you manage it or smartly you manage it, as long as you're in phase one. No matter how much you pile up, it's still an illusion, it's still limited, it's still at risk. And it's still not infinite, In this particular point history is a great illusion of that, with what happened over the last six weeks, or whatever it is, and what is supposedly going on in the storyline about the economy. The only way out of it is to quit the illusion game, which is phase one, and start playing the truth game, which is phase two. And you do that by using four tools to drill through and knock out the phase one cloud cover. And I got a video here, and we're close to the end. To illustrate. So what happens when you begin the phase two game and you start using the tools is that your expanded self takes you to this solid, dense cloud cover, metaphorically, and says, let's start chipping away here. Let's start digging here. And every time you use a tool, you dig a trench, so to speak, within the dense cloud cover a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. And at the beginning, you haven't broken through. No light or power or heat or energy of who you really are is shining through because the cloud cover is still in place. But you keep using the tools, you keep using the tools, and you deepen the trench, you deepen the trench, you deepen the trench, until finally you poke a hole through. And then some of the heat and the light and the power of who you really are, the sun of who you really are, shines through that hole. Then you continue to use the tools, And you widen that hole. And you widen that hole. And then your expanded self takes you to another part of the solid, dense cloud cover. And says, let's start digging here. Let's start shipping away here. And the same thing repeats itself. You dig, 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 dig. It doesn't seem like anything's happening at the beginning. But then ultimately, you pop a hole through. And some more light of who you really are shines through. Then you widen the hole. You widen the hole. You widen the hole. Then you repeat this process over and over and over again. You dig a hole all the way through the solid, dense cloud cover. You widen it. Then you dig another hole all the way through the cloud cover. Then you widen that. And you keep doing this over and over and over again until you ultimately knock out huge chunks of the cloud cover. And as you start knocking out these huge chunks, more and more and more and more of the sun, the light, the heat, the power of who you really are shines through and then you are able to express. I guess it's not gonna happen for this group. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) What happened, Jamie? Yeah, I can't catch it up to where it was, so you got the point. It's just when you knock out. See, here's the interesting thing. In phase one, what are we taught about the stuff that we want? We don't got it. you got to go get it. The truth is, everything you ever could possibly want and stuff that would really float your boat that you've never thought of is already there. You just convinced yourself with the cloud cover that it wasn't, that you didn't have it and that you had to do all this stuff to get it. When you knock out the cloud cover, the sun never went away. It was always there. You just convinced yourself it wasn't. So as you knock out the cloud cover, which is why I created this video, the sun has to shine through. It's just sitting there. When you unbrainwash yourself, or you knock a hole in it, it has to shine through and you have to start experiencing it. Cause it's the design of the game, but also that's what's going on. It's already yours. You just convinced yourself it wasn't. And when you unconvince yourself of that, boom. And when you have absolute certainty of the truth of who you really are and how things really work and what the truth is about money and business and everything else, when you expand to the point that you have absolute certainty about that, that's what you experience. And until you expand to that point, you'll still wobble and experience aspects of the lie appearing to be true. But you can get beyond that. So, again, this was seed planting. Robert back here, separate from the live event that you just completed, and I just wanted to leave you with a couple of thoughts. If there's anything that you heard in this audio that you resonate with, that excited you, that seems to be exerting a pull on you, and you feel moved to want to discover more, there's a lot of ways that you can do that. Um, There are books There are other resources, there are what I call multimedia home transformational systems, which are what I call remote learning tools that you can use at home. There are live events and other experiences. The best way to find out about the options and to take a look at them and see which ones, if any, resonate most with you, if this is a journey that would be right for you, you'll know and you'll feel that pull, you'll feel that tug. It won't be an intellectual thing. It'll be a feeling thing. I invite you to visit robertscheinfeld.com, which is R-O-B-E-R-T-S-C-H-E-I-N-F-like-Frank-E-L-D.com. And if you simply explore that website, looking at the different tabs that are up top, you'll be guided to all of the various options that you can consider. You can also feel free to contact the office and there's contact information on that website as well if there's any questions that you have or any way that we can be of support to you. Just so that you know, you do have my permission to distribute this audio freely and in any way that you feel, whether it's to people that you know, loved ones, people that you care about, posting it on a website or a resource site or sharing it with others. Uh, this is something that I created to be freely shared in order to spread this work and spread news, so to speak, of the phase two opportunity, which is a very unique um, opportunity in the so-called marketplace right now. So you have my permission to do that however you see fit, and if you have any questions about that as well, you can feel free to contact the office. If you're listening to my words here, then you've invested a lot of time to go through this whole audio, which is almost 90 minutes, and I'd like to thank you for your commitment and your investment in time to do that. And I will look forward to our paths crossing in one way, shape, or form if this is something that you resonate with and something that you choose to explore and you choose to join me and thousands of other Phase 2 players around the world who have made the choice to follow this path knock out the cloud cover and expand into a direct experience over time of who they really are. So I salute you and compliment you for making your way all the way through this audio. I wish you well on your journey whether our paths cross again or this is the last um, kind of a connection that we have because your journey is very different now or period. And I wish you well and um, an ever expanding experience of truth with a capital T, whatever your path may look like. Are you interested in experiencing a level of freedom that you've never before experienced or perhaps imagined was possible for you? If so... I'd love you to check out what I call the ultimate key to freedom. Lots of information is available on it on my website. Just go to robertscheinfeld.com forward slash freedom. robertscheinfeld.com forward slash freedom.
0: That completes another episode of the Illusions and Truth show with Robert Scheinfeld.